Hey, it's Jose Galison. You're watching No Way Jose. You can find me on the No Way Jose YouTube channel, all the major audio podcatchers, and Odyssey as well. Uh, credit to Justin Campbell at jcamp1521 on Twitter. He's the one who did the intro, and he's uh, if you have ever have any sort of podcast you need editing, intros, anything like that, go hit him up. He would be glad to take your commissions, I'm sure. My um, guest today is Sal the Agorist. Uh, we're continuing our uh, live reading series. Uh, just so you guys know, uh, I do this every time just so you guys are aware. If you're watching this on the 28th, it's a live stream, um, it, and it will only be available publicly the day of. Uh, it will go up publicly about a week or so for now. Uh, if you want to have it in the meantime to be able to have access to it, you need to become a patron at patreon.com. So no way Jose 2020. Um, yeah, the lowest level being two bucks, the highest level being 10 or I mean 20. And at the $20 level, you, you're a sponsor. I read you off every episode. And for that, I have CD McRae of the whiskey and tea podcast. Go check her out. I have an episode over there. Go check that out. It's kind of circular supporting her, supporting me. Um, so and supporting me, supporting her, so on and so forth. Um, I also have Jeremy. Uh, he has uh, an Etsy. He's Etsy.com slash shop slash Raising Liberty. A lot of uh, Liberty content over there. Uh, at Jeremy Rhymes, like rhyming, uh, you know, like the, you know, poop dupe, you know, rhyming like that, that word, uh, it's just, just like you think it is uh, on Twitter, go follow him. Um, you know, like I said, it was Patreon accounts, no day, Jose 2020. If you don't want to do that, don't, don't do it. It's fine. Uh, but you know, if you do do it, uh, I definitely like money. Um, like I said, we're, we're doing our live ring series right now. Uh, this, this right now, we just started the response because we're in the back end of the new libertarian manifesto. And we already covered Rothbard's critique because anyone who knows the New Libertarian Manifesto or been paying attention, the their Conkin sent these this out the draft to a bunch of uh, big wigs at the time to get their critiques. Uh, we already covered Rothbard's critique, and now what we're covering right now is Conkin's response to Rothbard's critique. Um, so th this should be good. Um, I'm interested to see. It's been a while since I've read this. Me and like I said, me and Sal already kind of went into the Rothbard one. We were. It was pretty. It was pretty eye-opening. I would definitely suggest checking it out. Even if you don't even check out the whole the New Libertarian Manifesto live reading or anything, like really, like I honestly like this is in some ways kind of the best part of the book, even though it's not actually the book. It's it's just on an interesting exchange. Um, I know when I read it the first time, I thought it found it really interesting, and I'm enjoying it again the second time through. Uh, yeah. Uh, just to plug stuff, I got James Gentleman coming on next week. I got. Uh, for Tower Gang right now, they're actually, you know, they got, they're over, they got Crypt Daddy on right now. Um, and, it, you know, for the 28th, uh, like I said at the beginning, uh, for those who, so if you're watching this when it comes out later, it's already out. Uh, definitely go check that out. We're in the uh, later, later parts of our Zyklon Showers tournament. Uh, so that one's fun. Um, I, oh, yeah. The, I want to remind you guys, we did just get recently get nuked off YouTube, uh, Tower Power Hour. So, odyssey 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 i mean follow me on odyssey as well 
Uh, I mean, this is, I think Odyssey is, is, has a good chance to be the future of this stuff because uh, YouTube is, keeps going down the downhill and I don't see any chance of it going back. I don't see any sort of Elon Musk coming in and buying out YouTube and changing everything. Maybe, maybe not, but uh, you know, you do, do what you can and don't expect some big strong man to come save it. So, you know, go get on YouTube or Odyssey, go, uh, go support them. Um, yeah, we'll be able to have more fun on Aussie uh, too. So we're like, not that we were really censoring ourselves before, but, uh, we kind of, were probably a little bit to some extent. Uh, and you know, if you are someone who like is, is doesn't know a tower power hour, if you don't like crass, dark humor, don't follow it. But if that is your stick, go check it out. You might like it. Um, you know, you get check out top lobster, top lobster.com. You supposed to get checkout for 10% off. Uh, oh yeah. I forgot to mention we have. On May 7th uh, at uh, Top Lobster's house here in the Florida area, we have the uh, Robbie's having his kick. Robbie Bernstein's having his kickoff event for the uh, 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 was it Summer Porch Tour. So definitely go check that out. The whole Tower Gang is going to be there, or they're supposed to be. Uh, Reed and Toad are the only ones up in the air. I think Toad already orders tickets. Reed's, uh, we're still waiting. I, I'm not sure if he's bought his tickets or not, but supposedly he's coming. We'll see. So. All, all the gang, if not all the gangs, minus Reed, should be there. Um, so definitely we're going to be doing a, a live podcast with him and the whole gang and Robbie Bernstein. So it'll be a fun time. He's doing an hour of comedy. Definitely go check it out. All right, no, enough of this grifting. Let's get Sal in here. Oh, mess up the button. Hey, what's up, man? What's up? How are you, man? Doing good, doing good. You coming? You coming to this thing? Uh, the seventh? Probably not. Yeah, I was just gonna. I was just asking. I was just wondering about that when you were saying it. Where do you get tickets? Uh, I actually just had to, I'll send it to you after, uh, it's a, okay. it's like Eventbrite, I think it's on Robbie's page, but I can, I can send it to you. I actually just sent it to one of my buddies today who, uh, cause he, and he's someone who's not really like initiate one of the initiated. He's like more of a normie type and he was wanting to go. So, okay. You know, uh, yeah. So I'll, 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 I'll send, send me the out. link. I'll check it out. You know, yeah, it's like, it's like 25 bucks. There's only 50 seats or 50 uh, tickets available. So. Okay. I, I was on there today, and they still had. The, I was still able to click the button. Obviously, I didn't go to checkout, so I don't know how that works. If it's already filled up, if the, if how far it lets you go, like like okay. it will let you get to checkout and be like, nah. So I mean, I, I since it let me hit the ticket button, I assume there's still some available. Yeah. I, I don't know. And he's so, a, that, that's over by Orlando, right? Like Central Florida. Yeah. Okay. He's like the villages, uh, okay. kind of okay. Orlando-ish sort of area. So uh, you mean you are both in the roughly in the Tampa area. Uh, I mean, slightly different areas. You're like Saint, more Saint Pete. I'm uh, more south uh, in the like Riverview, uh, Brandon-ish area. Uh, but you know, for me and you, it's probably gonna be like a three-hour drive. So, oh, yeah. you 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 got the best pro over there. So yeah, you're lucky. Yeah, well, I, I, even then, I'm I'm in the country. Like, uh, like I mean, you're in the Saint Pete, more city area-ish. I don't know what your exact living situation is, but uh, like, yes, I say I say Riverview, Ruskin area. But it's 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 even further south. It's a little more country, but uh, yeah. Good, um, dude. That's but, dude. That's what yeah. I'm trying to get out that way. My goal is to get out that way eventually. Well, I mean, I don't know what kind of budget you're working with, but I think uh, the where I'm at, where I'm at is uh, it's technically an HOA, but everything is deeded out for an acre or more. So it's basically like country, and the HOA literally just covers roads, and that's it. Um, so it's just like literally more of a, just a slush fund for roads um and uh better than the government doing it yeah <laughs> and uh there is one right down the road for me that i think that, that it's a for sale right now so i don't Dude, know your budget I'm, you're with, but, yeah. I'm literally just trying to buy like land out in the middle of nowhere at this point and like build my own like fucking homestead and just you know 
and yeah. fuck off a stand. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, there's definitely some of that too in my area, just not in this, not in my neighborhood. That you'd have to go like outside the neighborhood, neighborhood. But in like my town, uh, it's uh, it's just basically this. Like literally, this is the only like neighborhood, neighborhood in that town that I can rec- like I can think of. So, and and uh, the villages um, was where um, they had the voter fraud. To what extent was Top Lobster involved? <laughs> he just got there so <laughs> that's the question that's the question yeah well is it really i mean it's a, i think it's a giant like uh, city or uh it's basically a giant nursing home so it is it i is. don't know there's like a there's like a big like voting fraud scandal i guess they were like like printing out like ballots for trump during the last election or something like that oh i don't recall that uh I, yeah. I, I didn't. I mean, I didn't know if it was one of those things where, like, maybe someone thought it was voter fraud. And like, look at all these old people voting. Like, these have just got to be all dead I people. Could you been guys CNN, are, yeah. they're like, no, they're literally just old people that live here. <laughs> like, yeah, that could have been too. Yeah, that that could have been a just, CNN story. Yeah, because it's this weird mega retirement area. So I could see if someone was looking at stats, be like, why is there this insane amount of incredibly <laughs> geriatric people voting in this area? <laughs> And like, but you're like, no, there literally are that many old people there. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, uh, I guess that's probably enough for small talk. Let's go ahead and get into the reading. Let's do Uh, it. It's always a good one. Yeah, it should be good. Uh, We'll we'll see how it goes. See, because we we did pick apart at uh at Rothbard's critique, so it'll be interesting to see if Conkin went down similar uh, avenues as us. This will be a little bit more refreshing because it was almost frustrating seeing. Rothbard, so it'll be nice to be like, oh, here's someone who, uh, okay, all right, all right, nice, someone who agrees with me, and a nice yeah. little palate cleanser. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right, so, exactly. Not to say there's anything wrong with people disagreeing with you, it's just, I don't know, I guess I, I some of the some of the critiques from Rothbard, I expected more, so uh, I don't know, I was a little bit disappointed, but it is what it is, um, you know. All right, reply to Rothbard by Samuel Reconkin third. Murray and Rothbard's vigorous assault is refreshing. I'm not sure even I would have taken my first major theoretical attempt seriously seriously if I had not evoked Dr. Rothbard as trenchant top of form. After all, Rothbard and his neo-romantic view of ideas almost as clashing superheroes and villains inspired and maintained uh, many, if not most, of us libertarian activists, most assuredly myself. Having been offered a field of honor, Rothbard throws the gauntlet down swiftly. I believe Konkin's agorism to be a total failure. From then on, it's lunge, parry, and slash. In fine form, Rothbard, alas, is decidedly short of actual weapons. <laughs> I do like how he fillets him and then, yeah. <laughs> and then slaps him down. <laughs> uh, that's that's actually pretty good. He's, oh, that was, he's that was an underrated writer, Conkin. Yeah. He really is. You know, <laughs> that was very clever and like good. Good uh, sociological warfare. <laughs> like, <Right>. like <laughs> lunge, parry, slash. He like yeah. capitalizes the idea. It's, it's it's great writing here. Yeah, his accusation of a fatal flaw, seemingly the fatal flaw of agorism, is so irrelevant to the basis of agorism that is barely mentioned and in, in passant in a footnote of New Libertarian Manifesto. Before I dismiss it as a criticism of agorism, let me point out that a real debate is justified between Rothbard and many others, to be sure and me, and quite a few concerning the validity of hiring out oneself. The necessity of it is in question. Cybernetics and robotics increasingly replace drudgery, up to including management activity. The psychology of it is in question. Selling one's personal activity under another's direction and supervision encourages dependency and authoritarian relationships. 
and the profit in it is open to question. Only the rarest skills, acting, art, super science, uh, command anywhere near the market reward or even low-level entrepreneurship. All right. Okay. I like it. He kind of was being like – he was kind of like – that was a little bit like to be fair to Rothbard kind of point because um, well, he's kind of saying in the current situation, I can see kind of where he's coming from. Uh, but go on. Right, right. So like <clears throat> I, this is a good – I like this part because um, – what he's doing is he's saying, look, this isn't even relevant to um, the to Agora's move. Like whether it's true or, or false or not, doesn't uh, invalidate the theory of Agora's whatsoever. But then he says, but let's let's take that on, in, you know, regardless. And he says, look, we're not we're 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 talking. He says right here, the necessity of it is in question. It's not that we're saying it's you know immoral or something like that. It's the necessity of it, the psychology of it. Um, and, and when he says the profit of it, obviously there's more profit in entrepreneurship. So, you know, I think he's just, he's just lining up, um, the bowling pins to, to knock them down here. Having said that it remains that this debate is irrelevant in the context of validity of agorism. Surely both Rothbard and I would agree on the desirability of increasing the number of entrepreneurs in our society. Uh, which I do want to point out that was one thing we touched on a lot is uh, Rothbard would seem to continually put it in terms of almost like a binary, which Rothbard himself, I guarantee you, would agree that, hey, it's better to have more entrepreneurs. And that's kind exactly. of what, which is what Konkin is entirely saying. Like, he's not saying <laughs> yeah. that we need to have Thanos snap everyone into entrepreneurs overnight. Like, And it's like, well, why, <laughs> Rothbard? Why should we have more entrepreneurs? Like, what's your yeah. answer? You know, yep. that's that's all we're saying here. Yeah. Surely we would both desire more entrepreneurs of libertarianism. Rothbard would simply let it happen, finding the origins of entrepreneurs mysterious. My own experience is that entrepreneurs are made, not born, and not with that great a difficulty so that entrepreneurizing the uh, production of entrepreneurs is a profitable activity. Uh, Are made, not born. Yeah, that's a a good point. Like, because he's saying Rothbard's kind of like, just let it happen, where I do think there is something to saying. Like, if that's a thing you find to be desirable, why would you not encourage it? Like it, you know, like, like you have to, and, and he even says it's not that, not too difficult, which is kind of true. I mean, it is difficult and it's also not difficult. Like I, I know you have your side hustles. I have my side hustles. I mean, don't get me wrong. My side hustle in some senses is difficult, but it's, I think most people's side hustles you build up over time. So it, like, it's not like it wasn't right. It, yeah, it's it's hard, but it's not. No hard one is born a businessman. No one is born yeah. with a business. You know what I mean? I mean, very few people are born with a business. You know what I mean? But even those people are entrepreneurs. They're heirs, right? Those are those are in those are people who inherit like a fortune. That's not what we're talking about. So like, I don't know. It's um, <clears throat> it, it's it's a clear distinction to me. You know, and I think the crazy part of it all to me is that it's so clear. In, in Austrian economics, like the role of the entrepreneurs has been so clearly cut out that it's like how Rothbard could could miss this. I, I just I'll never know. Yeah. But Ceteris Paribus, as the maestro says, let us hold the number of entrepreneurs constant. How does that affect agorism? It makes it difficult to convert libertarians to counter economic entrepreneurialism, but they still can and ought to become counter economic capitalists and workers even academics which i feel like that was a point i remember i was stressing a lot i think you did a little bit too uh that even even like entrepreneurialism aside you still can kind of be more agoristically minded even if you aren't an entrepreneur like you can be a wage uh, wage individual uh someone who works for wages and still make certain decisions that 
uh, yes, you're going to have you're going to be able to make more agoristic decisions as an entrepreneur than you will as a wage worker, but you still have those opportunities, but probably to a lesser degree as a, as a wage worker. <clears throat> right, right. Um, yeah, no, and no, no, that's that's entirely true. Um, <clears throat> you know, anyone one of the one of the most common critiques of agorism is that look, nobody, not everybody could do this. This isn't cut out for everybody. But it's like, look, you can do a nine to five. You can go work like a regular full time job. Come home and work on your side hustle. That's how most entrepreneurs start. In fact, you know, that's how I started. Um, I was working like a regular wage slave job, and I eventually like it was nights and weekends, nights and weekends, and eventually you work your way up to a full time income, and then you can, you know, you dedicate yourself entirely. That's the whole yeah. point, though. Yeah, and he, but his point is, like, he says, if we hold the number of entrepreneurs constant, which his point kind of being like, if we assume no one else becomes an entrepreneur, even even the side hustle aside, if you just like, I don't know, say for example, you instead of uh, even something as simple as instead of going to Applebee's, go to the little like kind of rinky dink looking like a uh, uh, Mexican restaurant that you know is kind of run by a and pay with cash you know what i mean because like right, be right, yes. you, know, you, you know what they're gonna do with it like exactly yeah right they're not gonna report that in april of course yeah and it's just even just little decisions like that it's just a, a slight tweak in your thinking and you yeah know. like 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 a full-time wage worker <clears throat> there's nothing stopping them from going to the farmer's market and trading with bitcoin or silver coins yeah and 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 that's not to say and i think we touched on this a lot in here too that's not to say that you're necessarily being unlibertarian if like I don't know you're short on time, so you go to Walmart instead of the farmers market. You're Not whatever, at all. But, but it's just a matter of like when you can do what you can, and that's exactly. kind of the whole point of all of this, really. The, the agorism in general. And, do the most and, that you the, yeah. do the most that you possibly can. Yeah, and I think what happens is as you embrace this mindset, you find yourself being able to do more and more and more and more and more and more and more, and more until you get to a point, ideally, uh, you may get to a point where you're a full-on entrepreneur or right. a a, you have in, embraced the agora to the fullest extent that you can within your given subjective uh, circumstances. And that's the whole thing. Once you do that, at that point, you're, you are free. The, you've, the revolution is won. Like, that's what people don't understand. It's like once you accept that you are free and you do that through entrepreneurship and counter-economics, at that point, the revolution is over. Right, you don't need to knock on doors. You don't need to vote for people. You don't need to convince anybody. It's all the the revolution is in your mind. That it's, it's all up here. Yeah, but when we're talking about converting maybe two million libertarians at present to counter economics and forty million or so counter economists uh, already proven to have a strong entrepreneurial component to libertarianism, the loss of a few thousand extra entrepreneurs seems less than crucial. Moreover, a degree of overlap already exists between libertarians and counter economists economists a high degree in, in my association again in passing only my own observations are that independent contracting lowers transaction costs in fact it nearly eliminates them relative to boss worker relationships running the gamut from casual labor with annoying paperwork and records to full-scale crop worker welfareism but this is an empirical question one as mises would say not even for e economists but economic historians why my Austrian credentials should be called into question over such an observation is inexplicable, inexplicable save as an act of verbal intimidation. On guard, then. Do uh, <laughs> you have anything to say there? No, no. I just love how he, he keeps with that analogy. Like, he's like yeah. having like a, like, I feel like we're having like an old school fencing battle between Kant yeah. and Rothbard, you know? 
I, I do want to say in that last paragraph, um, I'm not going to give out details, but uh, there's a certain situation I may be going into here soon where I'm going to be, uh, for some uh, entrepreneurial businessman, they may be sending me things uh, like large, and it's nothing's here is illegal, by the way. Uh, and even if it was, I wouldn't give a shit. But um, like, just so people know, it's not like I'm, I'm not. I'm just being vague because it's just is weird to like say names if like if they don't want to name. But anyways, they're gonna be sending me shit and uh, like large uh, widgets or whatever, and then I'm gonna be sending those widgets because you can send multiple, whether it be hundreds or thousands. Send it to me to one centralized location, and then I'm gonna send it out to somewhere else. Uh, and it's cause it's like a client relationship thing, kind of like welcome packages type thing. And the reason why is because me as a random person, it's actually cheaper for this individual to do that than it would be for them to, uh, get the individual companies, send them out individually, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So like there's kind of a perfect example of how one single entrepreneur makes more sense. And, I, and this is literally just a, a little, one little gig that, you know, is, isn't even like something that you would make a ton of money off of. This is just one small little example of like how that kind of plays in. And there are, there are a million other examples. I was just trying to provide a real world example of how sometimes a single person is more beneficial. And that's not to say there aren't benefits from large, um, you know, factories or whatever the fuck. And, you know, I know we right. can say in the future, there may be ways that we overcome that through manufacture or whatever, you know, say with like 3D printing, et cetera, you know? So, well, I think when, when Konkin says here that um, independent contracting lowers transaction costs um, relative to the boss worker relationship <clears throat> um, and that, and that those transaction costs are include everything from casual labor to annoying paperwork uh, and, and worker welfareism. And uh, I think that is really sort of like the key. Like think about like all the people in your work as an entrepreneur who you deal with, you don't have to deal with that bullshit. Yeah. If you own uh, a grocery store and you have a hundred employees, each employee, there's payroll tax, there's, you know, there, there's W2s, there's all sorts of bullshit paperwork, worker welfare as Ms. Conkin puts it, that goes along with it. With entrepreneurship, there's none of that shit. I work with Lily Forrester a lot for design work, for um, books and, and different stuff, different like agorist projects. There's no like paperwork. We're not doing tax paperwork. We're sending each other Bitcoin. Like there's no there's no bullshit. And that is the way it's supposed to be. That's the whole point. That's that is um, one of the freeing aspects of entrepreneurship as opposed to wage work. Yeah. You want to say real quick? Thank you, Outlaw Barber. Sorry about Tower Gang and Nuked. I'll watch you guys on YouTube. Everyone be like Outlaw Barber. Uh, you know, I'm going to plug that again because, uh, yeah. On Odyssey, he said. On Odyssey. Yes, on Odyssey. Go watch Tower, Tower Power Hour on Odyssey. Type in Tower Power Hour. It should be the only thing that pops up. Good shit. Well, I mean, if you if that's your thing. I mean, if you, if you more like theory and you, you're not more of a comedy guy in especially offensive comedy, I mean, you know what? I, I actually I don't even care. Go, just go there. I mean, if you're offended, well, I don't care. <laughs> it's not like I'm worried about you reporting me because we're not on YouTube anymore. So. <laughs> True. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it is a real bummer. We were we were we were doing good on numbers, and uh, you know that. But it is what it is. We got to build sort up. Of like the leash is off, though. Like you said, yeah. it's almost like, like who cares now? What are they going to do? Throw you off? They already yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And wage labor's historical benefit may have been as great as the invention of the diaper, but surely toilet training, in this case, entrepreneurialization, is an even more significant advance. Which I think that's Brilliant. actually a critique we pointed out as well. Like yes, yes, just because wage 
Because that was one thing Rothbard pointed out was how revolutionary like the wage labor concept was. And it's like, okay, cool, but uh, that doesn't mean there's not a further way to go. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's not really an argument. Like, yes, obviously this is preferable to, you know, the previous system they had before, you know? Right. So. The horse and buggy was great, but you know what? Like, airplanes are wonderful. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. You know. Uh, All right. With the side excursion over, we turn to counter economics, admittedly the basis of agorism and the new libertarian strategy. Rothbard finds the NLM neglecting the white market. Yet there is one crucial point on which it is most definitely not neglected, either here or in my other counter economic writings. The agorist imperative is to transform white into black. Nothing should be clear. To do so is to create a libertarian society. <coughs> what else can a libertarian society mean in economic terms but removing market activity from the control of the state? I that's a, I like that point. That's good. This is like I, I, I get into trouble trying to um to, to promote this view off often. This is and especially in terms of like the drug war and stuff like that. And everyone's like legalize drugs, legalize drugs, and I'm like, um. You know, Mark Allen Feldman, I don't know how long the listener's been around for. Mark Allen Feldman ran um, as president in like 2016 or something like that. And he said uh, at the time, he goes, drugs shouldn't be legalized like nicotine and or, or like tobacco and alcohol. They should be normalized like caffeine and chocolate. And it's like, that's exactly true. It's like, that's the whole point. You don't want to. <clears throat> it's not a victory for us to bring things in under control of the white market into a, into the realm of taxation. It's in our interest as a chorist to move into the, the anarchic market, the black market, mm. which is really the only free market that's ever existed. Yeah. And I guess, uh, I, you know what the immediate thought I had is like, well, we don't want to normalize all drugs. But then I thought about it for a second when you just said that. And I was like, wait, that's not so bad because like, say even something like meth, like all right, you, you, you pointed out like uh, coffee like or caffeine. If someone, if you, if one of your buddies came into work and was like, I ate, th I had three pots of coffee this morning, you'd be like, are you fucking retarded? Like, just because you normalize <laughs> right. it doesn't mean you don't realize the, uh, the, the negative effects of it. And like, and well, it's I should not say, to like, say, like, like <clears throat> maybe, maybe, maybe decriminalize is a better word. I don't think like it should be normal to like come in and be like on crack or anything like that. But like, there's a difference between legalizing something and then, all right, well, it's still being taxed and regulated and, and stuff like that, and then completely like decriminalizing it so that there's no laws applying to it whatsoever. Yeah, I'm advocating for the latter. Yeah, which, I, I just, which is usually my, only found in yeah. a black market. Yeah, I feel like normalize has a connotation. I guess the best way I put it is like demystify. Yeah. 
So like that, then that's yeah. not even to say anyone should do meth. Like it should just be that we, because uh, I think some drugs. I mean, I'm a very. I've talked about this, uh, especially early on when I show. Uh, check out the Clean Libertarian. I think I did some episodes with him where we were talking about drugs. Because I've done a lot. I've done a, a hefty amount of drugs, so I'm I'm well experienced. And and I will say, don't get me wrong. Dr- some drugs are bad, and and a lot of drugs do have negative side effects. And actually, really, all drugs have some side effect to some extent, but most of them are. And I'm not saying this to say go do drugs. It's like we don't have a healthy understanding of how they work. So like no, and if you yeah. demystify them, like it, it, it kind of takes that away because to some extent making it illegal almost makes it cool or whatever. Right. But then it all and then on the other hand, then you have it kind of creates this weird wedge where you have people on one side. Uh, it kind of makes it cool on one hand, but on the other hand, you have people who make it out like oh, you're going to do cocaine once and you're going to be addicted and you're, you're going to be sucking dick in, a, in an alley or something. It's like Anyone who's done cocaine like once or twice, you're like, no, not really. Like, like I mean, I, <laughs> like, I, not to go I on think, a side tangent. But <laughs> I, I, no, yeah, you're right. I agree with you. But I, I think like ultimately, like, anyway, like the point that he's trying to make here is that the only free market that actually exists is is a black market. Like a yeah. white market is not a free market, despite yeah. like like the normal connotations here. Yes. Uh, just for YouTubes, I'm not saying I'm not glorifying drug use. All right. Just for YouTube, saying okay? to go out and do crack and meth and. <laughs> yeah, but you know, if you want to do some cocaine every once in a while, shoot it right in between your toes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, Nothing can be cleared. Uh, I want to repeat that again. What else can be a libertarian? What else can a libertarian society mean in economic terms, but removing market activity from the control of the state? I just really like that sentence. I was really succinct. Um, market activity not under control of the state is black market. Yeah. Market activity under the control of the state is white market, and we are against it. One more, just one more quick point there. It's like, um, what like a common critique of anarchism is like you hear, and all all anarchists and comms and caps, it's like, well, uh, you know, that's not real anarcho communism, or it's like, you know, when has that ever been tried? Like, no one's ever tried that. When has a free market actually existed, libertarian? Well, only we agorists have, have a historical example that we can point to because uh, the, the black market is agorism in practice. It is working. It's, it's happening today. We can point to it all the time. <clears throat> and, and it's the only form of anarchism that actually exists in, in real time. Yeah. To illustrate, slaves building pyramids are white market. All right, I like slaves who run away make deals on the side with stones and tools they have ripped off and otherwise engage in non-slave activity are black market and free to that extent. What should the libertarian view be toward white market pyramid building? I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's great. <laughs> or if you think pyramids would not exist in a free society, but aqueducts, aqueducts might, what should our view be toward aqueduct building on the white market versus black market water smuggling? New libertarians urge the slaves to screw the aqueduct and go for their private buckets until such time as aqueducts can be built under voluntary arrangements. Would Rothbard suggest anything else? Gradual phasing out of aqueduct construction and hence gradual phasing out of slavery. Um, Rothbard's abolitionist credentials are not challenged though my own treatment on such matters may impel me otherwise. But a mainly innocent businessman who pays taxes is enslaved to that extent. It is not not his going back or black by dodging or defying taxes, whichever works best. I think that's that's a key point, whichever works best, because that's a common thing. Uh, And 
I say ad nauseum, and I feel like I've said it a million times in this series. Uh, it's not a binary. It's not you don't have to go to one extreme or the other. No one's saying get yourself locked up. If anything, the point is to evade that. Surely the immediate emancipation of this slave. How can Rothbard reject any counter-economic moves that have less than 100% risk of apprehension by a white marketeer without yielding his abolitionist bona fides? Rothbard's listing of counter-economic services and goods are interesting in one respect. Of jewels, gold, drugs, candy bars, stockings, etc. Only one, drugs, is mentioned in the manifesto. True, counter-economics is only now being published chapter by chapter, but even so, the few <clears throat> examples I gave were far more than a few service industries or easily concealed goods. Here's Can a I list. Just, go ahead. Go let, ahead. Me, let me just let me just jump in there. Um, let's 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 back up. The previous yeah. paragraph, at the end of the previous paragraph, there's an interesting quote here. He says, um, "How can Rothbard reject any counter-economic moves?" by a white marketeer without a ban without yielding his abolitionist bona fides. And like that, if you really think about it, that's a brilliant point right there. How could you reject the white the white marketeer moving into the black market if you're also opposed to, to slavery? Because it's it's literally the same exact thing as a slave casting off his chains and being like, no, I'm free from now on. Like or, or I'm free to the extent that this move allows me. So it's like, you know, Rothbard, um, especially in his role as like a, a revisionist historian and, and his opposition to like the Civil War and stuff like that, it's like he calls himself an abolitionist. But at the same time, in this sense, he's he's promoting the continuation yeah. of slavery. And, um, yeah. And I, I know I don't know. I think there's a quote he has on the matter, but I, I know for a fact he said things along the lines, too, of that, like, essentially the the, the, the state to some extent is uh, essentially slavery, whether it be taxes or what have you. It, it is to some extent slavery. It's mis I mean, obviously, slavery to a lesser degree, but it's still slavery, you know. Oh, absolutely. And that's yeah. the whole thing. It's like in like here he's telling you don't cast away your chains. Yeah. So it's like it's like, how can you be an abolitionist? I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting point that conquered me. That had never I mean, really. To be fair, maybe on it. maybe Rothbard did say that, but I don't know if I don't recall him characterizing it like that. I think more he the point he was getting at is that this you know this is not the way to go about it. But I don't think I think he was more like if from what I, the seemed to be from what I recall the way he characterized it's like kind of do it if you want to. You know, no one's gonna hold it against you. But you know, if you're if you're thinking you're gonna save the world this way, is kind of how he characterized it. You know, think again, kind of deal. Um, true that's, 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 that's yeah. a fair point yeah that's a yeah. fair point so uh but yeah to give to be fair to to rothbard so i don't think he's necessarily against uh you know engaging in black market activity i think he's more just saying oh you think you're gonna free yourself that way right. or whatever you know uh, fair that's fair agree with on there um here here is a list sifted from pages 42 to 45 which were mentioned food to television repair an entire country burma is almost a total black market. This does include heavy industry. Although Burma has less than the heavy industry of India, which is mostly black, the large black labor force of Western Europe, housing in the Netherlands, tax evasion in Denmark, currency control evasion in France, underground economy, tax-free exchanges in the U.S., drugs including lateral and forbidden medical material, prostitution, pornography, bootlegging, false identification papers, gambling, and prescribed sexual conduct between consenting adults. All right, that was... That's brutal it's to read. Like, he's still going on, but he's obviously making yeah. a point here. <laughs> yeah. And like all the things he's mentioning are still relevant today. Yes. you know, four Tru years later. Yeah, trucking, 
which yeah. I guarantee you, there's probably a lot of black and gray market stuff that goes. Look on at Canada. Look yeah. at Canada. Yeah, just a couple and months it, ago. Yeah, and there's so many independent operators, and I'm sure curb rules and stuff. And then obviously, oh, yeah. uh, I be, I don't remember. I believe it was in one of these books, and the, this is like a commonly known thing. The whole like uh, they even made a song about I can't drive 55. Like they have that <laughs> song. And, like that was whole that the whole thing is they set the the highways for 55 and and uh the the and then you got this song about the uh, we got a big old convoy oh, yeah. like cuz that that was them figuring out ways to evade the whole stupid fucking 55 thing cuz they're like we how, like you're really screwing us over here money wise so like oh you know? in jersey there's like i don't know i don't know much about trucking but in jersey there's like weight limits and shit like that and i used to have friends who would they would make fortunes by like blowing the weight limit they wouldn't even stop at the weight stations and stuff like that so yeah trucking is a huge one yeah uh smuggling at all levels and misdirection of government regulators none of these are petty on the like especially the trucking one like we found out yeah that's year. huge like, huge yeah like none of these are petty on the contrary consciously or otherwise on the part of their practitioners these activities are in aggregate big businesses like can you imagine if they just really decide willy-nilly apply today in a modern time especially now where our fucking supply lines are so strained so let's say they decide like you know what? all all highways max 45 and say they say everyone out there was too scared to break the rules, like how fucked we would be. <laughs> like, I mean, we'd, I guess, to some extent, still get the shit, and like, but it would prices would go up. There'd probably be a lot of empty shelves. It would be a nightmare. Um, but yeah, I think I think here though, I think he's talking about like like the truckers' role in counter economics, in so far as like them, like uh, uh, you know. Um, for example, like if a hurricane happens in Florida and they say, oh, well, no price gouging or something like that. And then like you and I hire a truck and we bring in a bunch of cases of water at five, you know, five dollars over market price or something like that. Yeah, that is a sort of counter economic trucking. I think that Kong is referring to or like what I was talking about before about like, you know, disregarding the weight regulations or or I know like they have a logbook of like how many hours they can they can work and sleep and stuff like that. So it's like by avoiding all those regulations, it's a very extremely regulated industry. So there's yeah. extreme opportunities for counter economics. Yeah, you were more speaking to the black. I was more speaking to the gray here. So like, because uh, yeah, I was more speaking like, uh, you know, you, 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 they kind of push the rules or, or disregard them. And they're still somewhat operating within the bounds of what they're support, so, sort of supposed to do. But they're, they're bending the rules to a great degree in, in my example. Your example is more black, but. Once well, again, you know, that's uh, kind of my point is, or or one point that I think Conkin's kind of getting at that Rothbard kind of missed as well that common people do today. Not a binary. It's it's the, the you know it's you're pushing it to the extent you can. You're not just flagrantly breaking the law to break the law. You're you're pushing it to the extent you feel comfortable doing so, given whatever circumstances. I mean, like in regards to um, like the roads and stuff like that. When before we went on. Um, before we went live, we were talking about like homeowners associations and how they can control roads and shit like that. That's sort of like to me, that's what I see as the sort of counter economic solution to the road monopoly because it's introducing competition into the market. Yeah. Right. Because now, like, people can say, like, look, I drive through this HOA. Look how nice the roads are. There's no potholes. Everything's beautiful. It's all manicured. You know what? I'm going to go look for an HOA to live in next because I want I want this too. And that sort of decreases demand on the state road in, in infrastructure. But like, it's all about it's all about um, introducing competition into a market that's been monopolized by the state. That's what yeah. we're doing with cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. 
that's what we're doing with with all these different things like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Although I will say there are a lot of shitty HOAs, but I would say you probably could really uh, blame that on the state in a lot of ways because I know they have a lot of uh, regulations and weird shit they have to abide by. But anyways, beside the point. There is, there is. And the other interesting thing about that too is, um, you know, it's sort of like a very Hoppian solution is because yeah. Hop talks about these covenant communities. If anybody's ever read Hop, he talks, he's big on, on forming covenant communities based on a covenant, which is sort of like an HOA if you think about it. Yeah. And really, like if you go to a lot of shitty places in the world, I don't know if anybody's ever traveled internationally, you go to Africa and there's some really places, there's some places where you don't want to be. And guess what? The only safe place to live is within a, a walled HOA where it has their mm -hmm. own police force, their own military, stuff like that. So it definitely does help um uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for sort of like make up for like what the state like fails to provide for in terms of like security yeah. and, and, and infrastructure not to get off yeah. topic but yeah i know i mean i i i am already thinking of like shit i could go on uh, some other hoas because i mean my, I like, I, I, i've been on other hoas that were trash but then i've been my hoas now which is great but the difference being is the previous hoas were more urban now it's more rural i feel like more rural is a different mindset less less state oh, intervention for sure. it, like for Absolutely. example the hoa we have here like I'm sure there are regulations they're supposed to abide by that they don't give a shit. I've been to HOA meetings and they'll be like, and they've literally been like, "Yeah, we're supposed to do this. I don't give a fuck." And then like, "All right, what's next?" <laughs> so it's That's kind of a, a mindset, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but anyways, automobiles are made counter economically. Let me count the ways: shipping them across borders, whether physically or on paper, to evade taxes or controls. Illegal alien labor for assembly line production skimming by of parts by management labor or even at behest of the owners which parts then go to produce custom cars auto plan executives hired as independent consultants design research engineering executive and computer consultants all paid in partial or full counter economic terms union corruption to make sweetheart deals to avoid labor state regulations i love it how he's just like uh like it's like that meme. Like I'm about to end this whole this man's whole career. Like that meme. Like <laughs> yeah. like he's really like fuck he's you. Going in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, OSHA and other inspectors bought off or mis misdirected unsold product, written off in inventory and then sold. For forget it. I cannot possibly count all the ways. And next to auto, steel and cement have positively unsavory reputation when it comes to white collar crime. There is a problem. Go ahead. I was going to say, look, being from uh, up north, like the Northeast in New Jersey, New York, and growing up in like the 90s and like the time of like John Gotti and the Gambinos and stuff, he's not wrong. Like the unions, the every union is corrupt. It's like there's so much um, counter-economic activity going on that people just don't even know about. They don't pay attention to or they're unaware of. It, it, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. There is a problem of scale here, though. Large cartelized industries can buy politicians and gain their advantages directly from the state. Like Wells True. Fargo and, yeah. and Citibank, that's exactly what they've done. Yep. True. Anyone about to be apprehended by the state can, should, and does pay off, bribe, and apply grease to the state's enforcers. Uh, that kind of – there you go. That We kind of went on a tangent before in lobbying. I think that in some extents, to some, in some situations, kind of applies there. Can, should, and does pay off, bribe, and apply grease to the state's enforcers. He's actually kind of being like, you know, pay off what you got – if you got to – do what you got to do. If you can bribe them, do what you got to do, you know? Oh, Depending absolutely. Yeah. I, I've often said that the, one of the greatest agorists around is the corrupt cop. We mm -hmm. had a, a, a crooked cop in Brooklyn. Um, you know, you know, New York is a completely gun-free zone. We had a, a, a cop 
who was in charge of handling all of this, the concealed carry permits. According to the Constitution, no state can say we're not we're not going to give out concealed carry permits. They have to set out some sort of uh, uh, groundwork for it. And in New York, it's like justifiable need. So they make it impossible to get these concealed carry permits. Well, this Brooklyn cop who was in charge of, you know, denying the, the permits was taking bribes under the, underneath the table from all the Jews out in Brooklyn. And before you know it, all the Jews in Brooklyn were, had guns on them and they're walking around. But guess what? The crime stopped. Well, there, was a, there was a big, I don't know if anybody's from the area back in the day, the blacks and the Jews did not get along. There was always fighting and stuff like that. All the fighting stopped. It all went away because both parties had guns on them provided by the black market. Yep. Uh, but what highly competitive industry with a large number of producers can effectively buy votes and politicians and hence be tempted to using their political clout offensively? Big industry in the Carlisle sense is no breeding ground for libertarian support, but rather for the state's vested interests. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, in, in the uh, in this year of 2022, if you haven't figured that out, I don't have to fucking tell you at this point. Look at uh, the inflation. Yeah. However, there is no need to confuse large scale of production with oligopolist characteristics, as Rothbard seems to be doing here. Finally, as we close out this area, Rothbard accused me of accuses me of ignoring the working class. Which I mean, I don't know if we went on that, but if if just that sentence alone, I would say it's the exact opposite. The the working classes in many cases are the ones who actually are the best ones to exploit agorism. Uh, that's I think I think it's exactly the road he's about yeah. to go down. Yep. <laughs> Considering how often he's had the charge level leveled at him, one might expect a bit more percep perceptivity, if not sensitivity. What are plumbers, mechanics, carpenters, welders, drivers, farm workers? Pilots, actors, accountants, engineers, technicians, lab assistants, computer programmers, and plane key punch operators, nurses, midwives, paramedics, and orthomedics, uh, salespeople, public relations people, bartenders, waitresses, writers, factory workers, lawyers, executives, and all types of repairmen, if not workers, covering the entire spectrum of proletarianism, which especially like the first half of those are all ones that are like, you can easily do that shit under the table. Easily, easily, easily. Multiple of those jobs I've already had in my lifetime under the table. So There's no <laughs> job you can't do where yeah. it's like where it doesn't you where you can't uh, introduce some aspect of counter economics to it. Yeah. Um, yep. And and to add to that, eleven of my years were uh, as active duty military. So uh, I really only had a few years uh, aside from that of uh, like work as an adult. Uh, so like there, like, and I already had a couple of those I could check off as doing under the table. So like, <laughs> and I think some of those were in high school actually too. Now I think about it, but, uh, it's yeah. A lot of these, especially blue collar jobs are very easy to do under the table. But anyways, on that list are at least 20% counter economic. By the way, this is probably gonna be our last paragraph. Cause then it kind of like wraps up into another segment. All on that list are at least 20% counter economic and many are over 50%. If they do not take the first step towards economic liberty by becoming independent contractors, then their employer does. Tax-free tips for waitresses, off-the-book illegal alien factory workers, agents handling it for, their actor, for actors, writers, and so on. I challenge Rothbard to find any legitimate economic field not serving the state that cannot be counter-economized. God, that word fucks with me. Ten that cannot be counter-economized. Fucking goddamn it! <laughs> Economized without organizational or technological innovation, or a hundred that cannot be counter. Jesus Christ! Economized without significant gain in organizational efficiency and profit. Konkinism uh, has plenty to say to everyone who is not a statist. All right, and then uh, now, and then it kind of goes into the. I think we're <clears throat> well, next time we'll we'll 
get into the, you know, he, the next, the first sentence is claim that political action is superior and preferable to civil disobedience. So you can already tell the next line of logic we're going to be going down. So this will be fun. Yeah, he makes all the points that I try to make, but he just does a much better job of it. Yes. <laughs> I wish I was as clear and concise and just like well spoken as he is. Yeah. Well, uh, all right. I think we're at a good spot. If you want to go and drop your plugs, we'll get out of here. Uh, for those, the few people who are watching right now, I'm going to be going over Tower Power Hour and uh, hamming up with those boys on Odyssey, Odyssey only right now. If you are, if you're watching this later, you can go check it out. It'll already be up. Uh, but yeah, go go follow us on Odyssey. But uh, you want to go and drop your plugs? Uh, GoreThreads.com for Libertarian Anarchist Apparel, 3D Printer Go Burr for 3D Printers and 3D Printing Supplies. Of course, pay with crypto to avoid having to access QIC payment platforms. Uh, the book is Anti-Politics. Follow me on social media at Sally Mayweather, Salvia Gorist. Um, I think that's it. All right. Yeah, and that'll probably be the next book I read after this Anarchist Handbook that I've read a million times for my series. Uh, but that, that should be fun. Um yeah, this was uh, like this is the No Way Jose show. You can find me on YouTube, all the major audio bookers, Odyssey as well. Follow me at twenty twenty No Way Jose. I've been seeing a big influx. I had a fucking tweet about a pineapple that's got almost a two hundred likes, and I was like, I thought it was gonna be like fifteen. Like this, this Elon shit is really weirdly making a difference. I, I it's 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 weird how the, uh, things are working now that like the shadow bands are lifting. I was like, I did not yeah. expect this stupid fucking tweet to take off. But in, yeah, all right. Anyways, uh, yeah, give me money. Patreon.com. No way, Jose. Twenty twenty. Like, share, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. I appreciate you coming on again, Sal. We'll have to uh, set up another one again soon, and there should be more of these to come for those who enjoy it. Uh, and yeah, so I appreciate. It. See you got guys. it. All right.